So basically, I'm probably the least qualified human being <laughs> to do everything I do, but I do it anyway. Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Hey everyone, welcome back to another amazing episode of For the Love of Money. I am so excited for you guys to hear this episode today because I'm sitting down with the legendary Greg Reed. Greg is literally one of the most accomplished human beings I know of. I mean, movies, books, speaking, advising, charity, you name it, he has done it all. Matter of fact, you know what's really cool? He's just 55 years old. He created a bucket list of 80 unique items, huge accomplishments, things like climbing Mount Kilimanjaro type level stuff. And at 55 years old, he's already checked off all 80 out of 80 accomplishments. So we're talking that level of achievement, that level of accomplishment. So you are bound to be inspired and you are also gonna learn a ton from this episode. Now, when it comes to learning a ton, that is always my goal, whether it's through the podcast or whether it's through my coaching or whether it is with one of the VIP days that we throw for entrepreneurs. And the question that I get the most when you guys DM me on Instagram is this, hey, do I qualify for one of your VIP days? How do I know if they are for me? Well, here's the short answer. If you have a business that is making $100,000 or higher, and you want us to help you find more products, more revenue, more profitability, and lift the veil on everything that's made us successful, then for two days, two half days back to back, my team becomes your team. Myself and my team devote our entire time and our entire attention to your business right here in our home in LA. We even fly you out and put you up at one of our coolest local hotels here that we absolutely love going to. We take you to dinner and for two half days in a row, back to back, we roll up our sleeves and we make your business far more successful than it is today. So listen, if, if you're intrigued by that, do me a favor, email dakota at fortheloveofmoney.com and in the subject line, put VIP day. That's how we get the conversation started to see if it's a good fit for you. Again, email dakota at fortheloveofmoney.com and put VIP day in the subject line. I can't wait to hear about your business and to share with you how we're going to help you find more money in it because that is what we do best. I can't wait to work with you guys. Now, speaking of being excited and, and not being able to, to wait, I've got to dive into this interview because Greg is a freaking legend. Not only did he you know, knock off that bucket list of 80 unique accomplishments, but he has published or co-authored and been featured in over 70 books. No, not seven, 70. Can you imagine? Over 70 books, 28 bestsellers, by the way, in 45 countries. He's been in five motion pictures, featured in countless magazines. Um, he literally just got a Walk of Fame star in the Las Vegas Walk of Fame. We're talking legendary status here, but here's why I actually love him. He is a philanthropist through and through. 
He is constantly living this show's theme of when good people make good money, they do great things. He's also one of the most positive human beings I know. As a matter of fact, he's so positive that he shares a a very vulnerable story, how his family didn't want to associate with him because of how positive he is. I'm sure a lot of us have felt that way before with somebody in our life. And he talks about how he became this way and what the payoff has been what this positivity has done for him. So I know that's going to rub off on you if you struggle with that in one form or another. Another thing I'm really excited to share with you is this. Greg has interviewed countless millionaires and billionaires for his newest book called Wealth Made Easy. And you won't believe the incredible lessons that he shares from it. For example, he has figured out a sweet spot for happiness. And there's also a range between these millionaires and billionaires where there's a common thread of not being happy. So I think you're going to find that really interesting. And then we get out, we go on to talk about why you should not blindly pursue your passion, even though the advice out there from all the motivational speakers and everybody else is pick your passion and you'll be successful. Well, the millionaires and billionaires that he interviewed, the common thread was that is actually one of the biggest mistakes we can make. I think you're going to be surprised when we explain why. And then we also get into the billionaires who share their one common thread, their one secret to getting wealthy. He actually gives examples on how you can apply it in all of your daily transactions as you meet people. And I think you're going to walk away pretty excited at how easy it is for you to start doing what the billionaires have done to reach their status. So listen, this interview is full of inspiration, is full of knowledge, is full of breakthroughs, is full of one-liners, and we even do a book giveaway at the end. So you definitely want to stick with us all the way through this interview full of awesomeness. So get ready, listen up, because this episode is fire. Greg, my friend, thank you for finding the time to be on the show. I'm excited for this. Absolutely. I mean, you and I have been going back and forth. I think our planets is finally aligned. <laughs> it was meant to be, that's for sure. So listen, I start my show with rapid fire. It's a fun way for my listeners to get to know you in a hurry. And if something really good comes up that we want to circle back around and do a deep dive on, we'll do it. Are you in? Absolutely. All right, we're gonna start real easy. Where'd you grow up? San Diego, California, the mean streets of a place called Del Mar along the beach. Those Absolutely. are the mean streets. How'd you make it? Well, I was in a I was in a street gang called the Delmar Posse. At night, we'd break into BMWs and detail them. I <laughs> love it. So, where do you live now? Uh, Carlsbad, California, right up the street on the beach in a little beach town uh, that I absolutely adore. Man, you've had a good life. What's your favorite quote? Yeah, uh, I'm going to sit there and say, believe it or not, it's one of mine. It says, "I'm so happy, even I want to be me." Oh, so good. I love that. What's one of your superpowers? I'd say the ability to pull out greatness within somebody. So many people don't see how amazing they are and the worth that they have to the world and what's common sense to you is genius to someone else. And I think my one superpower is to bring that out to the planet. Oh, I love that. What's one thing you're challenged by right now? Time in the day, like most people, there's so many amazing projects and things going on at one time. It's hard to focus on just one. However, I'm doing very good at switching hats so basically, I imagine wearing a hat and you switch it. That's what I do physically and I sit there and say, all right, I'm going to be a movie guy right now. And then I switch a hat and go, I'm going to be a book guy. And then I switch my hat. I'm going to be an event guy. And then I'm going to be a pharmaceutical guy. So it's really interesting to wear many hats at one time. Well, I feel you there right now. Who's someone who's changed your life? Charlie Tremendous Jones. He had a quote. 
says, you are the same today as you'll be in five years, except for two things, the people you meet and the books you read. It's who you hang out with. It's what you put in your head that determines your character as a person. Man, isn't that the truth? What is one of your all-time favorite accomplishments so far? The bucket list. You know, it's interesting. When I was 17, 18, I made a crazy list of 80 impossible things to do. And I can say last year, I crossed my last one off the list and it's been pretty phenomenal. No way. 80 out of 80? 80 out of 80. And so interesting. I'm only 55 and they're done. And people keep going, well, add more. I'm going, honest to goodness, I've done every single thing I could ever even imagine. So it's really neat is I got a seven-year-old kid and I asked him to create his bucket list and I'm helping him cross those off because that's giving me more joy. Oh, now that's cool. We're definitely circling, circling back around on that one. All right, two more. What is something generous you've done recently? Well, it's interesting. This movie coming out, it's called Wish Man. I interviewed the founder of Make-A-Wish and I asked him what his wish was and he said, no one ever asked him. And I said, well, I'm going to grant your wish. And he says, I just want my story to be told so my grandkids will know I did something. Took five years, millions of dollars. June 7th, hits theaters. I can't wait for that. Uh, we'll definitely circle back around on that. And last but not least, what is something you are grateful for today? Health. Because with the health, you gives you the ability to do all these amazing things. So I make sure I get out and I skateboard and I eat good and do what I can to take care of myself because self-care is so, so important. Mm, couldn't agree more. Okay. So let's dive a little bit deeper now. Listen, you're one of the most sought after motivational speakers. You've co-authored um, and been featured in over 50 books, 28 bestsellers. 78. 78? 78? 78 books, 45 languages. Where do you find the time? Yeah, wild. Well, see, work your strengths, hire your weaknesses. I can't write for crap. So, I mean, I got a D in English. I'm dyslexic, can't read. So I hired these amazing ghostwriters and editors that take my you know, gift of gab and they put it in book form so people want to read it. All right. So what's your favorite book you've been involved in? Oh, that's like picking your favorite child. I always say the next one, but the one coming up in April that's being released is called Wealth Made Easy. And for three years, I traveled around the world to meet people worth $100 million to a $1 billion dollars to find out what they did. And I share in one page each person's success tip, their hack, so to speak, to create a life of sustained abundance. All right, let's go there right away. I was going to wait to go there, but it's literally the essence of what this show is about, right? When good people make good money, they do great things. So a couple of questions regarding Wealth Made Easy and your journey as you went and interviewed everybody. Number one is, what was the common thread among all these successful individuals? Hmm, It's interesting because I kept trying to keep a flow chart of it. And it was all over the board. So for example, I thought all these wealthy people would read Think and Grow Rich, but only 10% did. But they all read Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. Interesting, mm. right? Yeah. And so that was one of them. Uh, door number two is I also realized that people worth $40 million and below are the happiest people. Uh, and then the billionaires, they're pretty happy too, by the way. And it was really interesting. These people are 40 million. They had a quick exit. They inherited dough. Something happened. And so they live the new Beverly Hillbillies. They travel wherever they want. They live a life of affluence. People worth a billion, again, they have nothing to prove. They're, they're done. But these people are like $100 million. This is weird, but I don't think I'd wish that upon too many people because they're, uh, at least the people I interviewed, weren't very happy because they're so far away from that B number that they're striving for. They got three cell phones and you know they're, they're, they're grinding away and they got so much wealth, but they don't see it because they'd see so far away from their finish line. 
And so it's really interesting to see, you know, what you know, some people strive for and other people just embrace. Greg, that's really interesting that there's kind of this sweet spot, right? You said around 40 million and down, and then of course, billionaire and up. Why do you think that group in between has that common struggle? Is it comparison or is it something different? Yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's interesting. Think and Grow Rich, the biggest chapter was called The Six Ghosts of Fear, which Napoleon Hill talked about. And the biggest fear that people have in today's world is the fear of judgment, the fear of criticism. And it's really interesting. And the funny thing is no one's even paying attention to us because they're usually dealing with their own stuff and situations. And yet, if I was walking down the street in Nebraska, I've never been to Nebraska, but if I tripped over a curb, first thing I do is I look up to see who saw me, even though I don't know anyone there. It's just my instinct. And I realize that so many people live this life of judgment, yet, like I said, very few people are judging them. So what can we do if we are literally being held back by judgment? Because you're right, that is one of the largest common threads holding people back? You know, who knows? I mean, everyone's different, right? I mean, what's different, what the tool for you is going to be different than me. You know, one of the super human powers that I have is the ability to not give a shit. So the whole thing is it's a, it's a gift. And I have a horrible memory, which is a second great gift. And so I actually embrace those two things where I step into the power of who I am without you know, worrying about what other people think. It's so funny. There's a coffee mug at Disneyland. It says, what would you do if you couldn't fail? To me, I say, throw that away. The big question is, what would you do if you stopped worrying about what other people thought? <laughs> you know, would you start your business? Would you ask someone out for a date? Would you do something different? And that's where I live my life each and every day. So you live your life there and that's a blessing. There's got to be a time where you held back on making a decision or you did make a decision based on fear of judgment. Can you recall that time? Incorrect. Never? Never. That's not who I I am. No, absolutely not. So it's interesting, even like working with the Napoleon Hill Foundation and writing the Think and Grow Rich series, you know, Napoleon Hill was a snappy dresser and he wrote the whole concept of dress for success. That's where it came from. And yet I wear my jeans and flip-flops and my funky jackets and I'm just me. And even though they want me to wear certain things, which, you know, to honor that legacy, I've still got to be myself, right? And when I'm dealing with, you know, doing things, I just do what I choose, you know, making a mo- major motion picture. Look, I've never made a movie. Who the hell am I to do that? So all I did is I sought out people that were successful at making movies and won Oscars. And I sat them down and asked them to teach me. And I duplicated those efforts. And here we are today. So basically, I'm probably the least qualified human being <laughs> to do everything <laughs> I do, but I do it anyway. What? So your superpower, you said before, uh, you, really, you brought up two of them now. Um, but the one that you had just said is you just don't give a shit what other people think about you. But not everybody has that trait. So here you are doing all these things that you say you're not qualified to do. There's got to be another common thread. There's got to be another superpower you have that allows you to accomplish so many different things from film to books to businesses to everything else. Yeah, that's leverage. You know, I, I'm a big key of leverage. Look, I, I run seven corporations right now one time from my living room and nobody's here in my house. I'm all by myself. And what happens is I work my strengths and I hire my weaknesses. So I got four books in the works coming out this year. Uh, and what happens is that I hired these amazing human beings to help me do it. So Wealth Made Easy, this book that's coming out in April, I'm telling you right now, it is the best book I've ever been part of. But the guy who wrote it for me is Gary Krebs. And he is the former publisher 
of McGraw-Hill Publishing Corporation. So look, who's a better writer? Some guy who got a D in English and got dyslexia or the former publisher of a major publishing house in New York, right? And so what I do is I hire these amazing people and let them work their strengths. And what I do is I just work mine on the other side. Man, I love that. Okay, so back to Wealth Made Easy, because when you get a chance to interview this many millionaires and billionaires, there's a lot of magic that you discover and that you unearth. Even if you, Greg, already knew it, the stuff that you're going to be sharing oh, with no, other no, people no, is no, incredible. No, 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 no. I didn't know. I didn't know anything. All right. No, so no, what no. was the most shocking thing you discovered in these interviews? All right. This gets pretty deep. This is gonna, I, I'm going to tell you, but it's going to take about three or four minutes. That's so all right. We like, we like deep here. So let's go. Okay. This is, this is seriously crazy. Okay. So I sat down with a multi-multi-billionaire. And I said, why are you so wealthy and I am not? I go, I'm just as smart as you. I go, I'm just as connected as you. And he looked at me and said, that's easy. He says, you believe the bullshit lies that you spread to the world. Whoa. He says, by the way, we thank you for it because you make our job easier. He goes, you are the person who's actually suppressing wealth. And I went, what? And he goes, you're a purveyor of the greatest lie that's ever been told. Like, what's that? He says, to go find your passion and the money will follow. He goes, oh, we love that. Please keep doing your bumper stickers and your quotes. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, well, you'll find someone who is a welder, works their whole life in an admirable field. They finally retire. They got a nest egg. They go to one of your events or Tony Robbins and they go open a yogurt shop because it's their passion. He goes, what do they know about yogurt shops? Nothing. That's why 90% of businesses fail the first year. Not because of their desire, not because of their passion, because they know nothing about that industry. He goes, but when they go under, he goes, they like hold on to the anchor so long because it's their baby, their passion. They pull down their car and their house and their boat and they lose everything. They go, oh, we love that. Thank you. He goes, we sweep in and buy it pennies on the dollar. That's how we get wealthy. I go, what? And he goes, look, he goes, we're like a game of Frogger. We ride a log and as soon as it has a dip, we jump to the next log. We can never go down with the ship because it's just business. He goes, we create so much wealth, so much prosperity. We build up so much abundance. We use that money to finance our passion. He goes, you guys just do it in reverse. He goes, we're all the wealthy people that own the stadiums, the coliseums. We own the sports teams that we pay people to follow their passion out on the field to kill themselves for a couple million bucks. He goes, you guys have it in reverse. He goes, you think the sheiks or the Gettys had passion for crude oil underneath their feet? He goes, you think waste management has passion for dirty diapers? He goes, you think the aggregate dealers have passion for gravel that builds every freeway and infrastructure? He goes, but we built every single ballet studio. We're the ones that created the universities. We're the ones that created all the arts and all the things that you enjoy. He goes, until you can change your mindset, you might get rich, but you'll never be wealthy. Greg, this is amazing because this is the the advice I've always heard and, and probably even regurgitated in the past, but it makes so much sense when you explain it that way. So what was your response to this, this life-changing advice? Holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. What have you done with it? Have you processed it? Have you changed anything in your life because of it? My entire life changed because of it. My entire sphere of influence, everything changed. What's a passion of yours that you're going to then set aside that you were pursuing? Well, I'm still pursuing them, but I started doing some of these wealth things because my mentors started teaching me. And here's the thing. Many receive great advice, but few profit from it. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, in June 19th and 20th in my house, uh, I have a really cool estate in Carlsbad. So I'm opening it up to 50 people and I'm bringing in all these multimillionaires and billionaires that taught me all these techniques, all these things, and everyone's going to have access to them. And what's interesting is because I decided I want to start sharing all this new content. So for example, one guy sat me down and he goes, here's how you think differently than a wealthy person. I go, go for it. He says, you'll find someone who wants to sell an airplane. And he goes, you'll also find someone who wants to buy an airplane. He goes, you're such a nice guy. You're going to put those two together. And I go, yeah. He goes, that's why you're a failure. (laughs) I went, what? He goes, here's what we do. Same exact transaction, except a different outcome. He goes, hey, I don't know anyone that wants to buy an airplane that I know you're selling, but if I stumble across someone, will you give me 20% commission? They're going to say, absolutely, I got to get rid of this plane. And then you go to the other person and say, hey, I don't know anyone that wants to sell a plane, but if I find you one, will you give me free airline tickets to Hawaii? Because I have to go there once or twice a year. They're going to say, absolutely, if you get me a plane, I'll do whatever you want. Then you say, hey, you two, you should meet. It's the exact same thing, except we think a different way. And you go, until you can change your mindset, things won't change. Wow, that is so good. I mean, this alone is going to change the way people look at these kind of half-assed transactions that they do every single day. They can actually put themselves into the equation. And what they do, and here's the biggest part. Majority of the people listening to this, in fact, I'm going to go with everybody, including you, by the way, and me. What we would do is we've done those transactions all the time and then get butt hurt that they didn't include us in it. And it's our fault because we never communicated that relationship up front. It's our fault. It's accountability and responsibility. And that's where everything starts changing. I'll give you an example. One person I interviewed uh, taught me something that completely transformed my existence. You want to hear it? Absolutely. He taught me the power of something called CPC. The letter C, the letter P, the letter C. He goes, if you live your life this way, everything will change. He goes, it's about having accountability and responsibility for every single thing that happens around you. And I said, what does that mean? He goes, CPC stands for Clues, Patterns, Choices. He goes, let's say you uh, go out on a date and it's the first date and they show up late. Well, there's a clue. The second, third date, they show up late again. That's what? Pattern. Pattern. Now, you can get angry and go, they're freaking late all the time. Or you can go, no, they're just late. Now, it's my choice to say, hey, I'm going to confront it. I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to date them still and understand they'll be late or not. But it's not the other person's fault. It's just who they are. And the same thing in business. How many times have we saw a clue of, hey, be careful of doing business with this guy. And then we see a pattern of bad deals going around and then find out that we get cheated by them later on down the road. But we made that choice. And so when you start having CPC in every single thing in your daily sphere of influence, that's when you take accountability responsibility and things start changing for the good. Man, that is so good. Okay. So when did you start applying CPC into your life? About two years ago when they taught me it. And it's been phenomenal, by the way. The good news is it weeds people out really fast. The bad news is it weeds people out really fast. I mean, so I mean, it's it's interesting. I realized years ago how long I would hold on to certain things and do these crap deals, what I call if-when-then deals. And those are the worst you can do. That means if this happens and when this comes together, then this is my reward. How many 
many of those ever come to fruition? Yeah, swinging right. for the fences. And so what I do is I look at everything as a clues, patterns, choices. And if it's an if-when-then deal, and then I have to make the choice and decision whether I'm going to go down that route. Man. Okay, Greg, you are absolutely crushing it. You're giving everyone so much value right now. I'm loving this. To get to this point where you're at in life, right? As one of the most sought after thought leaders, what's been the best part of this journey? You going along collecting all this information. Well, I'm still learning. And that's the best part. You know, all these other these guru guys are always like, look how great they are. I just live the life. And what's cool is I invite people to go along while I'm learning. So I'm sharing with you. You can hear my enthusiasm because I'm learning it too. And so what's neat is I get to invite people to go along the ride. So I'm doing this prosperity camp, like I said, on June 19th and 20th in my house. And I'm bringing in people so they can go on the journey with me and talk to these people and say, here's my situation. Because Here's my biggest challenge of playing God. This is the part that I don't like about my job. Is I'll sit down with someone for three hours or three days and I'll pick their brain and then I deduce what they said down to a soundbite of 60 seconds that was aha for me. But you sitting in the next chair could have had a completely different aha and I might have missed the best one. So it's that's the part that's kind of tough for me. So I love bringing other people to have an outside influence because when I'm talking to these people or you're talking to them, I might learn something from you by the questions you ask and you might be learning something from me by the questions I ask. Tell us about this prosperity camp. Is that the same as the secret knock that I see uh, floating around out there? Nah, secret knock is the Forbes Inc. and Entrepreneur's top event in the world. And it, it, it's so weird, by the way. It's three grand to go and I will not tell you where it is or who will be there. <laughs> and we sell out standing room only months in advance every time. We show up in faith knowing you're going to deliver. Exactly. And the whole idea though is I bring in people that you'll never have access to. So for example, last time, you know, I brought in President Vicente Fox and, you know, he comes up on stage and I go, hey, Vicente, I go, let's start our interview really slow. He goes, okay. I go, I understand you're building me a wall. He goes, what? (laughs) (laughs) All right. And then we had a private Skype with Edward Snowden. And then we brought in the founder of eChannel. We bring in the founder of you know, Make-A-Wish to the inventor of the credit card magnetic strip and everyone down the line. And the whole idea is that I'm so tired of learning from coaches, teachers, and mentors. I just want to go to the source of the person who's actually done it. And that's what we deliver at Secret Knock. At Prosperity Camp, is different. It's just 50 people in my private home and here in Carlsbad. And you're going to have access to these multi-millionaires, these billionaires that I've learned all this from. In case someone's getting the itch to go to either one of these things, where do they find information on it? Uh, you just Google it, I guess, for, for Secret Knock. I mean, I don't have a sales pitch. It, it, it sells out. So go to secretknock.co and fill out an application. But Prosperity Camp, you have to come to me direct. So it's just go to my website at gregreed.com and, and just send me an email so you want to go. There's no email. There's no flyer. There's no website. It's just a private little thing. By the way, I've never even announced this to anybody. So this is the only time <laughs> ever outside my sphere I've even mentioned this. Just a truth, by the way. I love it. All right. We're feeling pretty special over here. So now I want to flip the question. What's been the biggest challenge of this career that you've built? Hmm. I would say the amount of projects that keep coming due to the byproduct of having successful projects. It's interesting. I have a very high success rate. And so what happens is that everyone comes to me to do the next project because they know I'll get it done. Mm -hmm. And I only say yes to something that I promise I have stickability and I'll complete. So therefore, 
you know, people stand in line wanting to do projects and there's so many of them. I just don't, you know, have the time in the day to do them all. Talk to us about this concept that uh, you've, you've written about before about stickability. It's the power to persevere. First, there's a dream, then there's a challenge, and then there's struggle. Almost everyone quits in the struggle. And what happens is they wonder why they never have that dream. And it's interesting because they don't understand the power of called tapping the source. And that means at three o'clock in the morning, you wake up and have that song on your tip of your tongue that you forgot, or you have a million dollar idea in a shower. By the time you brush your teeth, it's down the drain. And certain people, all you did is you tap the source. And what that means is in the airwaves right now, there is country music, rap music, classical, this podcast. And if you take a receiver and dial it into an exact frequency, like if you want 100.7 FM, 100.1 won't work. Even though it's close, it won't work. It has to be exact. And the way that you tap into the source, we believe the energy around us, just like there's music, prosperity is there and relationships and wellness and success. And money and everything's around us. And certain people know that frequency, how to dial it in. And the answer is the questions in which we ask. That is the frequency dial that you tune in. Unfortunately, most people ask the universe or their God, they say, God, why does this always happen to me? And then the universe is very literal. It's just like Google search comes back and says, well, this is why you dumbass and gives you more of that because that's what you asked for. Or if you sit there and say, well, Things are going good, but when will this go to hell in a handbag? Tuesday at four o'clock, <laughs> sir. That's the questions you're asking. But certain people like myself, we go, how can it get better than this? What's the answer and a solution in a challenge that I'm not seeing right now? How do I leverage a relationship uh, that's right in front of me that I'm not capitalizing on right now? And all of a sudden, those answers magically start happening. It's funny. My son is six years old. And wherever we go, he finds money. No matter where. I don't care where we go. Grocery store, amusement park, he always finds money. And I come home and I say, Colt, why is it no matter where we go, no matter what we do, you always find money? He looks at me and said, I look for it, Dad. Wow. It's so easy and so obvious, yet we're all out there doing the opposite. That's it. Now, imagine if the world was conspiring to help you. I mean, think about that for a second. What if... You thought the world was conspiring to help you. So for myself, I'll give me just a great example today uh, on a personal note. I, I had a date with a, a, a very cool woman and it got canceled last minute. So instead of being upset or freaking out about it, I went, woohoo, right on. But something else must happen. 15 minutes later, a different woman that I've been trying to get with for a year all of a sudden popped out of the blue and said, I happen to be on town and you're free for dinner tonight. So I went, that's the way it works. And so... I constantly look at what's possible. It's interesting. Part of the things I, I wrote in this uh, Wealth Made Easy book, by the way, everyone, seriously, stop what you're doing and go buy a copy of this book, Wealth Made Easy. It will literally transform your life. And here's one of the, the, uh, the uh, philosophy questions I ask in that book. What if God in the universe delivered 100% of every single thing we asked and prayed for, only we didn't like the packaging, so we sent it away. Ooh. And so what if he sat there and said, God, I need $100. Please, I need $100. I got to have $100. Please give me $100. A truck pulls up in front of your house. It's 
full of old, dirty, crappy aluminum cans. And the guy says, hey, I'm running late for a meeting. Take these cans off my hands. I got to get them out of the back of the truck. And you go, get those stinky things out of here. Well, you prayed for $100. It was delivered to you. It was in the form of cans, but you didn't like the packaging, so you sent it away. Well, chances are, next time you asked or prayed for something, it would not be delivered because you didn't appreciate it the first time it was given to you. So I changed my entire mindset where now I'm very careful what I ask for. And then I'm starting to be more aware of the way it looks. God, that's so good. It's a couple of things came up for me. Actually, so many things came up. Number one, you probably don't know this, but on my arm is a uh, tattoo that literally reads, live as though the universe conspires in your favor. And ever since I've adopted this model of life, right? Of course, the universe does conspire in my favor because it's a perspective. And there's a lot of power that comes with this perspective shift. So I know where my shift has come from. Where has your shift come from? Have you always been this positive or is there anything that has led you to this type of perspective? In my family, I am an outcast with many of them because they won't even want to associate with me because I'm too positive. True story. And it's really interesting because this is who I am. It's inter- you know, 31 years ago, I went checked myself up in one of these rehab centers and I stopped drinking and using drugs. And the counselors kept saying, oh, this is your pink cloud syndrome. You're so high and happy right now. That's going to wear off and reality of life will set in. And they tried to put all their crap on me, but I'm just a happy guy. And I remember a quote when I was a kid, and this is how I live my life. People are as happy as they make up their minds to be. Abraham Lincoln. And so that's how I choose to live my life. And by the way, that is a kick-ass tattoo you got. (laughs) A buddy, I was doing a gig uh, speaking recently, and I was giving out one of my biggest best-selling books called Think and Grow Rich, Three Feet from Gold. And uh, this guy is just, I go, I, and I give out books when I speak and he's, his arms are flapping. He goes, I got to have that book. And I gave it to him. And afterwards I came up and he goes, I thank you for giving this to me. I, I felt like I, I, this book was calling me and I go, why? And he pulled up his shirt and all down his waist, he had a tattoo that said three feet from gold. No way. And he had no <laughs> idea about the book prior to this. Yes. And so I thought it was so cool. And he ended up uh, becoming a photographer. And if you ever go to Instagram, uh, my Instagram is Greg S. Reed. Uh, you'll see all of his photographs because he's my personal photographer that does all my posts now. It's great. Oh, man. I love that. By the way, I love your Instagram. It's one of my favorite ones to follow. How do you, you continue to keep such a strong presence on social media? Well, I work my strengths and I hire my weaknesses. Uh, you might have heard that before. So, <laughs> Starting to become 20, a theme. Yeah, I've, I've got these 20-year-old kids that uh, I got their pulse on growing my following. And I, I, I do the content and you know the, the pictures and then they add quotes to them and we stay on top of it. And there's the big thing is I make sure that I'm always doing the next thing. You know, I'm not resting on my laurels. And so, you know, at Secret Knock last week, I had the lead singer of the Little River Band. I mean, back in the 70s and 80s, they had like 12 major top 10 songs. And, but they haven't had a new song in years, but they're still 40 years later singing these amazing hits. And the one thing I do differently is I constantly reinvent myself. And so I'm adapting and adjusting and growing because when you're green, you're growing. And when you're ripe, you rot. Mm, so good. Quick question for you. You brought up your son a couple of times. How do you want your son to view money and success? You know, it's interesting. I, I sat him down the other day and, you know, I pulled him up on stage at Secret Knock and I asked him this question. I said, son, I go, here's your choice. I go, either I'm going to give you 
a bunch of money and I pulled out a few hundred bucks. I go, I'm going to give you this cash or I can teach you how I made this cash and then you can make it for yourself and money for the rest of your life. What do you want? He looked at me, didn't even miss a heartbeat. And he goes, of course, I want you to teach me. At just six years old. Yeah. Wow. And so I go, that's, that's the key. Uh, he also, it's, it's interesting. He had, last in January, he had the number one spoken word audio track on Amazon um, where he does his mantra every single night before he goes to sleep, uh, no matter what. Even if he forgets, he'll wake up and call out the hall. He goes, mantra! And I run in the room and we do this mantra. And he says, my name's Colt. He says, I'm happy. I'm powerful. I'm brave. I'm wise. I'm worthy. I'm successful. I help people. My name's Colt. He oh. says it every single night before he goes to sleep. Damn, that's amazing. I got to tell you the mantra I wake my wife up to every single morning. I roll over. I wake her up. I shake her by the shoulders because I always wake up first. And I say, babe, I'm happier, healthier, wealthier, and more fit than I was yesterday. And I make her say it back to me. And Greg, it's this love-hate relationship she has, You know, being woken up to this mantra and having to say it back to me at a satisfactory level. But it's also changed our lives. There's so much power. I think people discount mantras as cheesy, but there's so much power in having a mantra, isn't there? Well, absolutely. It's interesting. One of the people at Secret Knock was Richard Cohn, the guy who published The Secret, and he published uh, Dr. Moto's book on water crystals. Mm-hmm. Great book. And interesting when you start looking at, like, I'm not a big woo guy, by the way. You know, I, I, I'm as crazy as it is. You know, all the people, the law of attraction. Here's the here's here's the deal. We do not attract what we want in life. We only attract more of what we already are. Mm. And so the fact of the matter is that's the way life works. And it's more about the law of vibration and the law of gestation that people overlook that I think is the big key. And the law of gestation is if you want to grow a carrot, you plant the seed, it takes 16 weeks or whatever to become a carrot, right? And if you keep pulling it up every other day, it'll never grow. And unfortunately, that's what people do. They sit there and have this vision of what they want and they expect it to happen overnight and they keep pulling up and looking at it rather than trusting the universe that you planted the seed and you take the necessary actions to move forward and it will be delivered. God, that's so good. Okay, so I want to make sure I'm respecting your time and I make sure I want to make sure we shift this conversation towards generosity a little bit because that is the, the ethos of this show is when good people make good money, they do great things. And I want to go back to the book, Wealth Made Easy, in order to make this shift. What percentage of these multimillionaires and billionaires would you classify as generous? 100%. Talk to me about that. Well, it, it is. I mean, one of the biggest things I ask, but I, I, I guess it's, there, this is another little odd twist to this one because I sat down with many of these billionaires and they had a common theme. And I would say, I go, what do you think about when you wake up in the morning? And they go, money. I go, how to make more? They go, no, no, no. How am I going to get rid of it? What do you mean? They go, well, I spent my whole life making all this money. I can't get rid of it. Because if I gave away a million dollars a day, I can't get rid of my money. I go, well, give it to your kids. And they go, oh, I wouldn't do that to them. He goes, that's horrible. He goes, they all get a trust with 10 million bucks. That's plenty of money. They can figure it out from there. He goes, but I'm not going to ruin their life by giving them too much. And he goes, I'm the same. And I go, well, give it to one of these nonprofits. And he goes, no, 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 no. He goes, you don't know where that money's going. How much money was raised by for Haiti of billions of dollars and nothing went to them? He goes, how much money is raised by some of these different organizations, but it never goes to where you expect? And he goes, so I got to find a way to get rid of my money in a way that I can see that I 
work so hard for it that it's reciprocated and it has an ongoing effect. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, because you hear these stories about people go to Africa and they build a well and it's all great and they take pictures and a year later, the well dries up. He goes, think about how horrible that you just did for a tribe that you gave them this amazing pleasure and this amazing gift. And then when it wells up, they, it's taken away from them. Mm-hmm. He goes, but no one went there to teach them how to dig a well and how to maintain a well and how to dig the well for the next guy. He goes, so my brain is coming up with a system and a way to give away this money where it has a sustainable effect. Wow. So in other words, there's more generosity in teaching people sustainability than there is in just giving them a lump sum of money. Correct. I mean, it was so interesting. Like this one story, I'm sure you can Google it and I'm going to mess it up, but you'll get the gist of it. Like one of these African countries wrote a letter, I think, to Bill Gates saying, please stop helping us. And, and what happened was, you know, he wanted to stop, stop malaria, which was amazing. So they made these tents, uh, these nettings with malaria, like, you know, disinfectant slash, you know, bug killing stuff. But then when these nets were given to these guys in Africa, they were using them for fishing nets. And then it was polluting the waters and killing these fish and giving more disease and spreading worse things than the malaria. And, and so it's interesting. Sometimes we can do an active kindness where we think it's doing something, but we're not thinking it all the way through. So you've been honored by the White House um, for you know your work with Positively, working with youth. Uh, you've also had the opportunity to work through American Dream U to support the men and women in uniform. I mean, I see you doing good things all the time. Where has your drive for generosity and contribution come from? You know, I get more pleasure. I'm selfish. That's it. I'm just selfish. That's a great answer. Expand on that. Because I think sometimes people are afraid to get that dopamine hit or or to give because they get something in receive. No, I'm just selfish. Look, you know, I I used to mentor inner city gang kids in San Diego. And people go, oh, that's nice. I go, no, I, I had a crappy childhood. I didn't have a father figure. So I get to live vicariously, take these kids to the ball game and live the life that I never had. And, you know, I, my joy is to find what people want and then give it to them. You know, I'll give an example. Bob Proctor is an amazing legend, you know, for years carries around a Think and Grow Rich book he's had for 50, 60 years. And so when I wrote a book called Think and Grow Rich, Thoughts Are Things, I reached out and said, Bob, you're such an advocate. I go, why don't we collaborate on this and we'll co-author it together. And we did. And so his name got to be attached to an actual Thinking for Rich book, right? Mm-hmm. And the joy and pleasure that that gave him was so nice. And the same thing of Frank, you know, granting his wish. Uh, and the same thing, the next person, the next thing. I get more joy and uh, pleasure from that than anything else. All right. Then that leads me to my obvious question I ask every single guest. It's meant to inspire. What is one of your all-time favorite moments of giving, Greg? Well, this one we're doing right now with Frank. I mean, come on. I mean, it's this, That's really cool, by the way. Yeah. I mean, just to see the smile on his face is interesting. When we watched the screener, the first cut of the film, we we're up in Hollywood and we went to Dick Clark Studios and all the figureheads and movie people and distributors were there. And they all watched the movie and it was great. And I drove him and his wife, uh, who the movie is based on, back to the airport. And I dropped him off the airport. And he gets out of the car and he looks in and he goes, thank you. And he goes, wish granted. Oh. <laughs> exactly. Wow. That's amazing. When does that movie come out, by the way? June 7th. All right. I'm going to have to beg you for an invitation to that premiere. Absolutely. And by the way, um, right now, people listening to this, 
you can, everyone can go to the premiere where we're looking for three people. We're going to give free tickets to walk the red carpet with all the movie stars and Frank Chang and all this stuff. Um, you go to wishmanhero.com. And the whole idea of the movie is that everyone can be a hero. Anyone can be a hero. Look, if a cop with nothing can grant one dying kid's wish and it go on to have a ripple effect to start a nonprofit like he did, well, you can give a pair of socks to a homeless guy or stop a bully from a fight. And so at wishmanhero.com, you can tell a story about someone who was a hero to you, maybe a school teacher that inspired you or a PE coach or somebody. And we're going to pick three of these stories and you get to walk right next to Frank, the red carpet in front of all the media and tell your story worldwide. Wow, Greg, that is so cool. I love Make-A-Wish. You know, I've been involved with their charity for a handful of years now. And when you see the wishes being granted, you know, it's impossible to stop the waterworks. So I absolutely love that you are taking the time and, and the effort and the energy to highlight this. So well done. You know, the way that you inspire me to do better and to give bigger, who inspires you right now? Many people. I mean, it's so funny. People always talk about inspiration, mentors, things like that. And I have many, many mentors in my life. So I've got a great personal mentor named David Corbin, who you know kicks me in the butt and keeps me online. And then I've got an amazing tennis mentor who teaches me my backhand so I can beat all my buddies on the court. And then I've got a financial mentor who teaches me about financial literacy and paying myself first. But I'm not going to ask that person about my love life. And then I'm not going <laughs> to ask the next person, right? So I have multiple mentors. And here's the secret. Surround yourself with people you have respect for and not people you have influence over. Oh. And so I seek mentors that are getting the results that I want. Man, that is so good. All right. I love it. So where can we find you? Where can we tap more into all your greatness, Greg? We'll go to Instagram, Greg S. Reed. I mean, it's the easiest one. If you hit me, you slide in the DM, what the, the kids say now. I respond <laughs> to everything. It goes right to me. And you know my website is gregreed.com. But the main thing is, look, I want to be of contribution. So here, here's my offer. If you have a question or if you got something coming up or you want to come play with one of our events or what have you, just send me a, a note direct. I don't want to talk about the weather. I don't want to talk about what your kids ate for lunch yesterday. But if you have a direct question, something I can answer for you, reach out. I'd be glad to do it. Oh, I love it. And speaking of reaching out to everybody that sends both Greg and I a DM on Instagram. I'm Chris W. Harder. He is Greg S. Reed. I will give the first 20 of you listeners a copy of his new book, Wealth Made Easy. But you got to message both of us with one of your favorite takeaways from this interview. So Greg, I'll make sure I handle that and I'll make sure I uh, get those copies on my end, hand it out to everybody. I can't thank you enough for your time. I ask everybody a signature question at the end, and I can't wait for you to answer this one. And it is this. Give me a reason why people should be unapologetic about their pursuit of wealth and success. Freedom. And the power of having the freedom to do as you wish, to go where you wish, to eat with you wish, associate with your wish, that is the secret of ultimate fulfillment. Because at the end of the day, when they're putting dirt on your big box, no one's going to look back and say, you know, I gave too much or I spent too much time with my family. But by having the financial freedom to live the life of sustained abundance, you can leave it all out on the field and know that you truly give it your best. Mm, man, I love that. Freedom and choice are some of the juiciest things on a planet. 
What a great way to put a bow on this thing. Greg, I can't thank you enough. To everyone who's listening, in order to say thank you to Greg, do not forget to send Greg and I a DM on Instagram. Uh, The first 20 of you that do, I will give you a copy of his brand new book, My Expense, No Problem. And Greg, thank you for your positivity all the time, quite honestly, for your inspiration, for your contribution, for the way you lead by example in almost every aspect of life. And I really look forward to collaborating more in the future. Yep, absolutely. And anything I can do for you, the answer is yes. I love it, man. Thanks for being on. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.